This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I was like, he's probably not going to cut it anyways. I'm like, I'm sitting here with no trajectory of anything. I get a call the next day and he's like, Keith absolutely loved it. He wants to hold this. Episode 417 with Stephen Lee Olson. You can see what he looks like at Stephen Lee Olson on Instagram. Blue ain't your color. He wrote that. And, you know, I didn't know that he had put it out himself. Well, he had recorded it to be put out. And then as he talks about his record, kind of got shelved. He got dropped. And then Keith Urban heard that and then cut his ver. I didn't know that's how it happened. I thought he just wrote the song and then Keith Urban heard it. Cool process. Yeah, a little disheartening, though, for him because he was going to put a record out. And then they were like, we now drop you. But this guy's got some tenacity for sure. Uh, he talks about moving to Nashville. Talks about a guy at a car dealership who was like, I kind of believe in you. His wife was in with us, who I know a little bit. And his brother ends up showing up, too, who's also his manager. And then by the end of this, well, all four of us are just hanging out on the couch. I think we're on to something with the family interviews, country artists. Yeah, you just got to get him there. <laughs> you just got to get him there. But he wrote Blue Ain't Your Color for Keith Urban, 2017. You, Kip Moore, More Girls Like You. It's a number one. So God make girls like you make and then his single, it right now it's called Out Here. So here you go, Stephen Lee Olson. Uh, he's, he's an artist. He's a writer. He's a writer-artist. And he's an artist-writer. You know, and that's a, that's a line sometimes yeah. that you got to walk back and forth. And he talks about that. So here we go. Episode 417 of the Bobbycast with Stephen Lee Olson. 
Do people call you Steven or Steven Lee or Slow? Or... My friends call me Slow. They really do? S-L-O? Yeah, they do. Yep. I fought it when I first moved here. Um, and then everybody, so I was like, you know what? Can't beat him. Join him. So everyone just calls me Slow now. What What is your, what do your parents call you? Steve. And they're the only ones Steve. to call me. Yeah. I'm mean, like, I feel like I need a mustache to be called Steve. That's like me being called Bob. Yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah so I, I don't, would never I, call you Bob. They call you Steve, huh? Only Steve my sister, like my mom. I know. I have an uncle, Steve, and yeah. he has like quite the duster on him. So I'm like, I just feel like I need a mustache if I'm going to be a Steve. Is Lee your middle name or is Stephen Lee like the first? Is there another name that you're, you don't have out there? It's Lee's my middle name. Yeah. And uh, honestly, that's a whole story in itself. I just changed it officially to Mark, which was my, who was my stepdad. Lee was the... Uh, was my biological father's first name. So it was like I was born with that name. Sure. And it really worked well for country when I first moved here. I was like, Stephen Lee Olson. And, uh, but yeah, so I just changed it to Mark officially. Do you want to drop it prof- uh, like officially professionally? Um, not professionally. I think I, there's enough people now that know me by Stephen Lee Olson. So I'm like, I'm okay with that. Did you know your dad? Nope, never. No, he not was- even for a minute. Cause I knew mine was five or six and he was out. But at least like I knew him. I, I have a, very vague memory of what he looked like. Yeah. But with you, when did he, when did your dad leave? So I'm the youngest of three and he bounced probably when I was one ish. So, I mean, I have like one memory and I don't know if it's a real memory or like one that I made up, but it's of basically being in a pickup truck and the smell of like gasoline and leather. That's all. And then all I have is stories. I, Man, I- do you, do you think you can have a memory at one? I don't think so. That's why I'm like, maybe I yeah, made it wild. up. But, you know, it's uh, it, my brain wants to believe it's a, a real one. Do you have any is, – is there a picture other than the gas? Um, the smell of the gas? Like the truck? Do, is there a picture of him in your mind? I mean, I know what he looks like just because of social media now. Um, but no, I mean, not really. Back at the time, you know, I guess when I was that young, he was on the road with my mom. They both – that's kind of how they met. They were both singers on the road. So I have pictures of them – you know, in the craziest outfits on stage. But um, other than that, I'm like, there's really no memories other than that one. So he leaves, and I don't know the story, so bear with me. And also, yeah. you can, if you have any questions, because I'm just asking from a place of having a parallel kind of yeah. kind of life. Well, uh, do you, have you met him at all? No. Have you ever run into him accidentally? No. You know what? And, uh, you know, he still lives in Canada and has, I think, a few other families uh, and a bunch of kids. Uh, we just weren't one of them. Um, you know, the only kind of, not even communication, but I guess he was doing security uh, backstage at a theater a bunch of years ago. And I just had a pretty successful single on the radio. And um, and he walked up to somebody and was like, hey, I'm I'm Stephen Lee Olson's dad. And they're really mm-hmm. good friends of mine. So it got back to me and I was like, you don't. You, well, first of all, you don't get to say dad. Right. I'm like, there's a big difference. Um, but, you know, little stupid things like that, you know, have come up. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is um, I have no interest in knowing him, meeting him. He's, you know, he never reached out on social media. Um, not to me. He has reached out to my sister. You know, my sister has a way bigger heart than I do. You know, it's uh, same story with me too. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I do. I didn't. I kind of chased him down because I just wanted to see if he was the evil person that I thought he was. Yeah. And it turns out he was just embarrassed and confused and ashamed. And, but my sister was much younger, four or five years, and she has a relationship with him now. Really? But she wasn't there when he left so she doesn't harbor all the resentment that i think yeah. i mostly had 
Um, I think I've gotten rid of a lot of that because I was just like, oh, I, I don't even want to waste. But I did. I wouldn't have cared if he died. That's that's like, kind of how I that's kind of how I feel right now, and I can't tell if I'm I will care when he dies. But the reality is, he's a stranger. Like I don't know him. I know that my mom, um, she really made the best decisions for us as as kids. You know, she really like kind of took us from him because he was just you know. Uh, an abusive alcoholic wreck that just didn't, he, my mom was like, you guys need better, you know? And even when they separated, he would be like, yeah, you know, it would every other weekend or every third weekend, he was supposed to come grab us. You know, my mom just paints a picture of us sitting with our backpacks ready to be picked up and him just not showing up at all. And us being, you know, let down and just crying. And, um, and I think that happened so many times where my mom was just like, you know what, you don't need this in your life and we're going to do this together. And so my mom raised the three of us super poor. Um, you, you know, have a stepdad, you say, I had, yeah, I had a lot of father figures in my life, you yeah. know, um, but you know, one, uh, stepdad, his name is Mark and he's been, you know, my rock since I've been eight, probably, you know, the first like real authoritative figure you know that i uh my mom is also this tall so you can imagine as soon as we got taller than her it was probably hard to discipline us <laughs> um but so he was uh he was a hockey player firefighter mark and uh was just like a really tough guy so there was some it was hard transition a little bit for everybody but he really stepped up and filled those boots for us and still when you tell Mark, Mark's still alive? Oh, yeah. Okay. So when you tell Mark, is he still with your mom? Yep. Um, yes and no. They're but he's, like, still, he's still around? Yes. When you told him you were going to change your name to Mark because of him, how mm -hmm. did that go over? He cried. I cried. You know, that was only a couple years ago. Um, and it that's was, pretty special. I mean, yeah. it is. That's, that's about the biggest compliment you can give somebody. Well, you know, I think uh, it, was, it was an obvious thing. I'm kind of upset I didn't do it sooner, you know, but I'm like... We've, I've also kind of dealt with a lot of grief in the last like four years, losing other, you know, male figures in my life that kind of helped me through high school and helped me, you know, through everything, including as well as Mark. Um, so it just kind of like put a timer, like just flipped over the sand timer. And I was just like, man, you know what? I don't want to leave anything left unsaid. I want them to know exactly how I feel about them. Yeah, that would be a heavy, but awesome feeling for someone to tell you that you've influenced their life so much. That you want to change your name to them. Yeah. Mark must have been a pretty consistent yes. person. That to me was what my grandmother was when she adopted me, was the, like the only real consistency. Yeah. So, you know, there are all these, you know, adjectives you can use, but consistent was really the most important thing to me because there was no consistency in my life whatsoever. Yeah. Same. So it sounds like Mark was kind of just present and still to this day you know shows up to everything gets every newspaper clipping shows up to everything he'd be here right now if i said come on really what, yeah. what's your mom like oh my mom is the salt of the earth she's a, a little mighty mouse she uh, you can't hold her down how tall is she you made two references to how short she is she's about as short as my wife shannon you shannon, know how tall are you <laughs> you're five foot okay yeah yeah so she's you know she's tiny but i you know i wouldn't mess with her for sure um, you know, but she worked, uh, three jobs nonstop, you know, to, to try and pull us out of, um, you know, we, like I said, we grew up really poor, but we always felt like the lucky ones we did. Cause she always went above and beyond. And that's kind of how I got into music is a way to escape where we were living, which sometimes was not very great. Um, we would be singing all the time. Nature or nurture singing? Um, nurturer. You, I would you, say. Your mom want you to sing. She sing with you. Yeah. Do you? But again, you had two parents. I'm not gonna. I won't say your, your 
biological father and your mom, yep. they were both singers. So there's intrinsically something in you. Know, you. I've seen videos of my biological father. He was um, uh, an Engelbert Humperdinck um, impersonator. Mm. Uh, not a great singer. My mom, on the other hand. Now, are you being biased because no, you don't like him? Nope. If you heard him, you would be you. We would both laugh, and it's okay to say that because um, he's a complete stranger to me. But I, I can tell you for sure that my mom's voice to this day is still one of my favorite voices. She should never sing in front of us now. She'd be like, "You guys are so far ahead of me," but she is an incredible vocalist, you know. And she was a performer when she was younger. Yeah. Yep. So how did that work? With the at what point did she go? You know, I'm not going to be a performer anymore. As soon as she had us kids, essentially, you know, um, and she realized that she had to pay the bills and really gave up her dream to do that for us. You know, we um, I was born in Scarborough, Ontario, um, which is kind of a rough part of Toronto. Um, and we would uh, basically every time she got a promotion or we would just she'd just move us a little further north into the suburbs and uh, it just got better and better and better. Um, but it definitely was because she would work two jobs. She worked for the government, you know, basically uh, uh, she was a social worker working with people, you know, that uh, putting wow. them on welfare and, you know, doing really great work. But then she would take us to, you know, offices to clean with her. You know, she had cleaning jobs and she would always be crafting shit and, you know, just selling it, just side hustles. I think the wind blew the door open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. I, there's really somebody that walked in. I was like, I think the wind blew the that's door my, open. That's my manager, Sean, as well as my brother. Both. Yeah. So he gets a pass for being late? Yeah, he gets a pass brother? for being late. He also came from Chattanooga this morning. So, so yeah. two passes? Two passes. So it's one pass? That's, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Good to see. I, I literally thought it was the wind. <laughs> and I was like, man, this place, I still haven't got it figured out yet. Right. The locks okay. on this joint. So um, where, what part of Canada did you grow up near? Um, so I call Barry, Ontario home now because that's where my mom still lives. But, I, you know, I went to high school everywhere you can think of. I mean, it was- Do me uh, over America. Yeah. Um, like Toronto, I would okay. say. Just north, two hours north of Toronto is where I say I did most of my growing up. So like northeast- part of the i've been to toronto so okay. it's like new york-ish yep. up and then two hours above that yeah exactly it's it is it just cold all the time it feels like it man i've been here for 16 years and uh, i can tell you I, I definitely miss the seasons but i only say that until i go back in the like the depth of winter there and i'm like you know what i don't miss it that much when you're growing up in Canada and you have this musical mother, do your brother and sister sing, by the way? Yeah, they do. So, was there ever a family bit? Do you sing? <laughs> Not really? He learned to play guitar literally so that he could pick up girls when he was in high school. I thought you were going to say so he could like, be part of the family band. Oh, to pick up girls. Got it. Yeah. Um, so, was the plan initially to do something with a family or stay in in Canada and be an artist? Or was it always to come to the States eventually? I mean, you know what? I think... For me, it was always – there was never a, a family band kind of mentality. I always knew I wanted to, to do something with music and, uh, you know, Nashville was the place I knew I needed to go and I had um, a champion, my first real champion that, you know, made me believe in myself and knew the roadmap and knew where I needed to be and literally bought me my first guitar, um, you know, my real, first real guitar, helped me make demos and who all. Is, who was that champion? This guy's name is Steve Lawrence. You know, we called him Big Steve. And I was working at a car dealership, you know, it was like the detailer at an Audi dealership. In Canada? In Canada, yep. Um, and, you know, honey, you can plug your ears if you want. But I uh, I brought my guitar 
to work one day because there was this receptionist named Burgundy, um, and uh, and she found out that I sang, and so you should bring your guitar to to work tomorrow. So I did, um, and I started singing her songs in the parking lot. And he was like the head used car salesman at this place and heard me, and um, I didn't think anything of it. And halfway through the day, I heard my name get called on the PA, and I thought I was getting fired for it. And it was him. He was like, "Hey." What are you doing? He's like he was a you know a musician himself that I don't think had a believer or a champion you know so his kind of dreams got capped and he went into you know corporate America so he was really just he wanted to do this out of the goodness of his heart and wanted to help me he saw something in me that I didn't even see yet and uh, and yeah he drove me to Nashville for the first time um, he uh, you guys drove down yeah drove in my ninety four two-tone Chrysler Sebring. It was a total piece of, I can't even believe it made it, but yeah, he drove me down, really kind of set me up to, uh, to start my, my dream here. Burgundy wasn't in the car? No, she was not in the car. <laughs> tough name to have too, Burgundy. It's just too many syllables. Right? Burgundy. Burgundy. What do you call him? Burg? Burg. 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 Yeah, that's just... <laughs> Gundy? No. And so you told your wife to plug her ears. You yep. never said anything about Burgundy other than you played the guitar. Did you and Burgundy have... Never. That was it. That was it. Yeah. But I think she'd like to believe she's the only one I've ever serenaded um, and uh, meant it. You're the only one I ever meant it with. Yeah, that Burgundy was a hoe anyway, yeah, from what I remember. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a, <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. Uh, legal disclaimer, I have no idea who Burgundy is. Uh, <laughs> yes. So how old were you when you came to Nashville for the very first time? I wasn't old enough to to drink yet. I'm 20. I think I was 20 years old. Were you performing near home? Were you playing around in yeah. Toronto at all? I was playing in like small little bars, you know, and actually at the time I was playing with my sister, you know, we'd play like Dixie Chick songs and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Um, and uh, that's kind of where really like my performing started. When you move to Nashville and you see the other performers, just the performers that are playing at bars, so many of my friends are like, holy crap, when they moved here. Like, That's how I felt. These are the people who aren't even like, quote unquote, making it. Exactly. So you come down, you're 20 years old. What do you see and how do you feel? I feel uh, completely intimidated. I also feel like I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, you know, I definitely can't see myself competing at this point, but I was extremely happy to be there. I, I, was, I always say, I was like, I didn't know that I couldn't do it yet. I was like that blind kind of... Um, fearless, young, going to live forever kind of mentality, um, you know, but I, I definitely remember, you know, seeing a lot of artists and going, man, I'm like, I'm not even like 10% as good as them. And I can't see how I will be. Um, but I just kept showing up. When did you move down? 2007. How many, how many years from the first time you came down until you moved down? Um, I think it was a month and a half. First oh, time that, I came here. Yeah, it was really so quick. So you just knew. I did know. And I also had Steve Lawrence being like, hey, we're doing this. This is where you need to be. He didn't move with me. He, uh, you know, he just facilitated, you know, and I, I was one of the lucky ones that had got a publishing deal like the first day I moved here. How, how did that happen? Um, it was a Canadian company. Now they're called Anthem. Um, but at the time it was called Olay. Uh, and so Steve Lawrence. Hooked they have a bus? Do they they do, have the Olay bus? Yeah, that's right. I remember that. I wasn't there when they had the Olay bus. That Everything cool happened after I left. <laughs> <laughs> it always happens that way. Um, but Steve Lawrence essentially, you know, found this manager named Ron Kitchener. And Ron Kitchener was like the manager in Canada. He was, you know, distributing everything that Taylor Swift did here, there. So he was kind of a big deal um, and kind of just handed me off to Ron and with nothing, you know, just 
out of the goodness of his heart. And Ron had a, a publishing company with Ole called uh, Roots 3. And, um, you know, it was the worst publishing deal probably you'll ever hear. It was like 800 bucks a month Canadian. Check that Canadian. Um, and, uh, you know, but I made it work. And, uh, you know, the same story I'm sure you've heard a million times of like I had to borrow things from my uh, publishing company in the middle of the night, you know, food, snacks, toilet paper, and um, I actually drove around without car insurance for like the first year, which was not recommended. I'm happy that nothing happened. Um, Where'd you live? What kind of place you live in? It was an apartment in East Nashville on Forest Road, I believe it was. And uh, and that was only short term. They would like let us live for like 500 bucks a month. Who's us? Um, it, well, I mean, it was me. Burgundy? S- no. <laughs> You're trying to get out. me in trouble. I see how this is going to go. Say, did you have a roommate at all? No, I didn't. But I definitely had people sleeping on my couch for like 25 bucks a night. Really? Yep, yeah. I did. And that had to end as soon as uh, they uh, weren't wearing pants. You can just like, you know, underwear on your couch, no sheet. At least 30 bucks for that. 30 bucks, yeah. right? <laughs> so you're struggling. Yeah. It's the, the all too common story of you're a creative, you're struggling, you don't come from money. So no. you also have the luxury of not, and I often say this about myself, I didn't have any money growing up. So it wasn't like I needed to have some crazy lifestyle. Right. I could just run. Exactly. You know, I had nothing to lose. Yep. So... I wasn't going to lose, even if it didn't go my way, especially for a while. Uh, you're here. Is there like a like an underground like Canadian mob type group that looks out <laughs> for each other? Meaning you move here. And so even though you don't know them, they're like, hey, he's also from this part or even Toronto. And they kind of look out for you because because there even is with states here. Yeah. Like there's the Georgia boys. Totally. And if you're from Arkansas, like even if you don't like, but like Matt Stell and Justin Moore and myself and Hambrick, like. We could all call each other and be like, hey, let me go. Just because we grew up in the same place. Yeah, you try and help each other a little Does bit. Does that happen at all? You know what? It's um, yes, but it was, you know, I can tell you personally that, you know, any Canadian artists that are trying to make headway in Nashville already, you know, when I moved here anyways, it was more difficult for us. You know, I don't think Canadian- Because you were Canadian? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, when I when I first moved here, I actually tried to- tried to avoid it as much as I could. I didn't want to be clicky with only the Canadians because I knew that was only going to make my life harder. Um, you know, and it's not, not like I didn't love them. I, sure. you know, but it, That's it was interesting. I, Cause I don't, and again, this is a different time. I don't feel that way now yep. at all. Yeah. Do you feel that way now? I, you know what? I don't, I think, you know, technology has, has really helped kind of get that to a point um, where it's, you know, almost an even, yeah, playing yeah. field, you know, um, but I can, uh, you know, what I did is I, I found the best writers I knew or that I just my, that I was a fan of. And that was like Gordy Sampson. He was the Canadian that was like, he wrote Jesus take the wheel and it was just crushing. It had a bunch of Keith songs as well. And Hillary Lindsay, she was one that I looked up to Brett James. Um, these were all people that I was like, man, if I can just write with the people that they're writing with, maybe we write something good. They're like, Hey, let's pull you in with Gordy, pull you in with Hillary, pull you in with Brett. And that was kind of my strategy. That's how I met, you know, um, Eric Paslay for the first time in Gordy's shack. We would all just be back there playing songs and he was amazing. And I absolutely sucked. And, you know, they'd be passing around the guitar and following Eric at the time. It was like, good God. I'm like, you are everything and I'm nothing. Um, but it was, uh, for me, that was kind of my strategy was just to, to, to find the people that I respected the most as songwriters. Cause that's what I knew I had to do first. I was like, if I can write songs to tell my story the way that 
only I can. I'm like, you know, I think I'll have a shot at the artist side. And that's kind of how I, you know, developed as a, as a writer. Hang tight. The Bobby cast will be right back. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan, unlimited data, talk and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan, not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And we're back on the Bobbycast. First cut you ever got? First cut was, um, I always say I ruined the Judd's career, but it was the Judd's. Um, you know, they actually went to radio with it, and I don't even know if it, I don't know if anyone added it. So I always say I had their last single and killed it, but that was uh, that was my first cut, and then I had... Um, Did that give you any sort of momentum at all, though? Because you have a cut. It, you do have a cut. Oh, my God. It was everything at the time. Yeah. I remember going, look, Mom, look, we're doing it. Like, I'm on the board. Like, like did, is, did rooms open up a little bit? Because now... No. Is, no? Really? No. They really didn't open up at all. You know, honestly, I can tell you, rooms really didn't open up for me until, until Blue Ain't Your Color. That's like, when they opened up for you? That's when they, like, they... Like they just wide opened up for me when the people were like, oh, that's what you do in a room, you know. Um, but, you know, I think being with the right publishing company definitely can get you into the right writing rooms um, at least one time. Right. You know, after that, it's if you if you, you know, suck or you're unlikable, you can't you're not going to get back y- in. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even if you suck, but you're super likable, you might get another yeah, shot, get at shot at it. shot at my whole life. That's what happened to me. I suck <laughs> and I'm kind of likable. So like, come on back. Like, come yeah. on back. And you yeah. hope you bring something the yeah, second bring some time. Bring cookies. So Fry I do. Something yes. to the room. Yeah, for sure. So you're, so you get the judge that doesn't do much for you. Mm-mm. What, what cut happens next? The, I want to say. And how, what's the difference? Well, what's the time? From the Judd's cut to whatever you're about to tell me is the second song you get cut. Oh, man. See, now you're... Are you getting holds like crazy too, but they're not turning into... Really? No. I have no idea how I held on to a publishing deal as long as I did, to be honest. I'm like, I think everyone thought that the next year was going to be the year. And I was making a lot of trips, you know, over to Sweden, over to London. With what purpose? Because uh, they were like, you know, you, you very R&B stylistically, and there was a lot of opportunity to write for pop stuff. So, I, you know, I got a Westlife cut they're massive dude, I, dude, I love westlife right i was at pop radio for a long time yeah I, westlife they were legit for sure i went one of the guys from westlife was playing uh was the lead in a broad that's not broadway in london um whatever their version and i, I and i went and watched it just because he was the lead westlife yeah. was legit for anybody that doesn't know and they're massive like yeah, i had massive. no idea either so it's basically got, soccer <laughs> yeah like exactly. everywhere but here yes <laughs> no that's 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 really accurate so i had i had just enough things going on i think where they thought maybe you know steven's gonna start popping off as a writer um you know and then i got my garth brooks cut and that was really the that was for me like i saw magic of nashville you know what they talk about when things happen that you're just like couldn't couldn't happen in any other place was that from his man against machine record yes the one with the awesome sunglasses yeah, and, the, and the, the the rope on his neck yeah, yeah. It's, that's so, the first time i met garth is when he's putting that out when we first moved here that was probably what 2013 2014 something like that yeah so you get how does he find that song um i honestly still to this day don't know i think i wrote it with chris wallen and uh melissa pierce and they're both insanely good writers um and that song like was on a shelf for like four years what, what was that song called it's called cold like that okay um and it was on a shelf we wrote it four years you know before he cut it and then i remember getting an email from his producer at the time and i can't remember his name for the life of me um but his email said hey steven you know garth really wants you to come into the studio when we record this tomorrow would you be able to free up your like, day out of nowhere out of they're nowhere. just like come tomorrow and garth will be there yep yep absolutely and i was i called everyone i knew i i, I honestly i was so nervous that i asked my my producer at the time Clint Lagerberg to come with me. I was like, man, I'm going to throw up on him. I'm like, I don't know. It's like Garth. I grew up, everyone grew up on Garth, but I definitely did. And uh, so, I mean, it was this old church and uh, I remember, and it was later at night too. It was like 5 PM or something. So it was just getting dark and uh, there was these big wooden doors. And uh, I remember knocking on the door and Garth showed up with his Louisville slugger, answered the door wearing his own merch, of course. And uh, he was like, Hey, Steven. And I was, and he's way bigger in person than I thought as well. Like he's just a bigger guy. Um, and he, he said, Hey, come on in. The studio was just super humble. Like everything you want Garth to be. He sat me down in this room, like for 40 minutes, literally just did nothing but this man. He started asking me questions about my life, my mom, my sister, my cat's name, like where I grew up, like my t-shirt size, everything you can think of. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm pinching myself the whole time. And I get super comfortable, you know, starting to like talk to Garth, like we're friends. And, uh, and I just asked him, I said, I'm like, dude, do you have any advice, you know, for a new artist? I'm like, I might as well ask like the top selling male artist of all time. Yeah, might as well. Have I mean, him. You got him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I honestly can't remember what he said because uh, I made a total ass of myself. Um, 
shortly after that. And uh, because what he said was so profound and awesome that I was like, man, you should write fortune cookies. I was like, wait, you should write fortune 500 cookies because you're rich. And uh, I thought that was hilarious. He literally didn't even crack a smile. Like he just stared at me for like a good 20 seconds. And it was the longest 20 seconds of my entire life. Um, And then he just broke the silence. Like, just broke it and was like, all right, man, let's get you back to the studio. And I was like, all right, I ruined it. Um, and then uh, he he brought me back into the vocal booth and uh, he wanted me to sing background vocals on this record. So I actually got to sing background vocal. It was like the experience of a lifetime. And Garth is behind the console and he's like, man, he's like, I need you to sing this with your heart. Like you mean it. And I'm like, I sing it. Okay, Mr. Brooks. And I'm like, okay, listen, I'm starting to sing it and sing it. And he's like, man, try and sing it like Nickelback. And then he lost me. And I was like, okay, Nickelback. I'm like, I just, I don't even think I did anything differently than the take before, but it, he was like, that's the one. And, uh, and it was, that was it. And then, um, you know, he, two months later, he was doing one of these massive stadium tours and he texted me out of nowhere. And he's like, Hey, do you want to come to the show and shoot the t-shirt cannon? Cause I think I mentioned to him, I would do that. And he remembered, of course, and uh, I showed up to the show and sure enough, he greeted me at the door and sat down with me in the room, like with nothing but chairs for like 30 minutes and told me every single thing that I told him that day. Cat's name, t-shirt size, where I grew up, all my best friends. Like he, he garthed me. Like you hear stories about him just being the best that's ever done it. And I was like, that's that's part of why you're a legend. It's- so when you write a song for Garth in that project, I remember when it was happening, Everybody was excited Garth was back, right? Because yeah. he had been gone for so long. Yeah. What did that do for you as a songwriter, just to be attached to Garth? Anything still? It, no, it did. That one actually did. I think um, – and also, if I'm correct, I, I was also signed to Columbia. I just got my record deal at Columbia at that time as well. So they love to capitalize on Garth, of sure. course. When, and so that was pretty cool. We got to go to a lot of parties and um, you know, I was going on a radio tour across the country, which I did. And, uh, you know, that was one of the songs we played as well. And we're like, oh, and he also got a song on Garth Brooks's new record, um, which I think helped move the needle because not a lot of people besides like me and Lee Bryce could say that at the time. Um, so, I mean, that, I think that definitely at least gave me some street cred, if nothing else, during that radio tour. Yeah. So you're writing for others or just writing and you're also pursuing a solo career at the same time. Yeah. How do you juggle those priorities? Because it's... Hard to do them both full. It's it, impossible, especially in this town. You know, I'm like, I feel like this town wants you to be one thing. Like, they do not want you to be both, you know. But now it's like you see people like Hardy and Earn. I'm like, it's they've really smashed that, at least with their own, within their own camp, um, you know. But I, that was a probably still to this day is my biggest struggle is because I had more success as a writer, you know, with Blue Ancient Color and More Girls Like You for Kip. Um, before I did as an artist. So I think even in this town somewhat, it's like people see me as a writer and trying to break that stigma uh, has been has been a challenge. Well, Stephen Mark Olson would be quite the artist. Hey, yeah, I love you know, that SM, actually. Smo. Oh, there's already a big Smo. <laughs> Smo. So I guess that, so oh. I guess that would. So you, the, the Rascal Flat song that you had. Kiss, kiss you, kiss me while you can. Kiss me while you can. Is that what it was? Yeah. What? Kiss you while I can. Did you do Back to Us? I wish I did. Okay. I wish I did. No. It, Sick. I get those two confused though. What's, what's sing me? Not, no, you don't have to sing, like sing, sing, but give me the melody. To, Man, I don't even know if I can remember. It was like, 
because I can't kiss either. Kiss you while, kiss you while, kiss you while I can. So when they they cut that song again, you're having all. I mean, you got the judge, you got Garth, you got Rascal Flatts. These are legendary acts. Totally bucket who, list where the for judge, me. The judge are a little older, as in that's kind of a hey retro. It's cool, but like Garth was coming back. Rascal Flatts, even though they're older and legendary, yeah, they were still at the time totally. crushing it. Yeah. So, but no singles. No yet, singles. No. That, that are making it. Yeah. So are you still on the stage of like, boom, I got another cut, let's go. Or is the, are the cuts not really paying the bills and you're like, I want to cut, but I need a freaking single so I can make some money? Honestly, I don't even think I my mindset was singles um, until I had one. And then it, you knew? And then I knew. Yeah. Once you got a taste of it, I was like, oh, you know, it's like, man. And also to see how many doors it opened and award shows you get to go to and like relationships you make and people that actually want to write with you. Instead of you trying to hunt down everybody else. Which one was first? The Kip song or Blue Ancient Color? It was blue. Yeah. Boy, that thing was a cannon. Boom. And the, the big, you know, and that was my first single that I really like had hit the charts. And I also moved to town because of Keith. You know, he was the first artist. I mean, they used to call me Stephen Urban, Stephen Lee Urban, you know, back at home, all my friends would laugh because I literally dyed my hair. There's horrible photos online if you care to look or not. Um, but he was like the artist that kind of made me think maybe I could do this as an artist because I'm like, he, he definitely wasn't your stereotypical hat act that was wearing cowboy boots and was singing, you know, his voice was a little more progressive too, between Rascal Flats and Keith. I was like, Keith was definitely the one that helped me make the move. And also what I was kind of, you know, um, stenciling if, if it's the right word, my music after it was like the thing I latched onto before I could really had my own artistry. So I'm like, for that to be my first real cut was, I, I thought I was dreaming. Like it was, I remember even getting the call and that's, and that cut happened from the absolute worst time in my entire life. Like I, I just had lost my deal at Columbia after making a full record. Um, you know, they, they fired Gary Overton or he stepped down, depends on who you ask. Um, and, uh, I was like, wow, it took me six years to get this record deal. I just made this record with Clint Lagerberg. Blue Ain't Your Color was my next single. And they canned everybody, like everybody that Catino and, you know, um, Taylor Lindsay and Gary Overton signed. Um, so I was completely defeated and had no idea what I was going to do. I was just like, this is not how the story is supposed to go. Um, and I did all the bullshit you have to do to get a record deal, including drink a ton at Red Door and show up to cottages. I went hunting and I'm not a hunter. I shot, <laughs> I'm not, I shot birds. I still feel guilty about. And, um, you know, I did all the things that, you know, I saw everybody else doing. I was writing, you know, um, I believe great songs. And I was just starting to really figure out like who I was going to be as an artist. Um, and then the kind of the ball got dropped on me. And um, it was the lowest point I think I'd ever been in that in that moment. It was like the first real loss that I'd had in Nashville. Um, did your record ever get put out, that first one? No. We so the we version of Blue Ancient Color that you recorded, is it, did Keith hear that or did he hear like a demo before you even recorded your version? It, it, Keith heard my record version. You know, he heard what, you know, what we had recorded. Um, did they just start shopping those songs as soon as it, like, how does that work? Well, you know what? I, that was a song that was... Blue Ancient Color was the only one that I was like, no one else can cut this. This one has to be mine. I knew it was special. And uh, and at the time, I was I was signed with uh, to Brett James's uh, publishing company, um, Corn Man, and Nate Lowry, which he helped totally change my world. 
um, he called me one day and was like, hey, I know you said no one can cut it. He just said, but I know Keith is looking. Can I just pitch this to Keith and Keith only? And I said, no. And then I called him back 20 minutes later and I was like, what's the worst that can happen? He's probably not going to cut it anyways. I'm like, I'm sitting here with no trajectory of anything. Um, and uh, so he pitches it to him um, and I get a call the next day and he's like, Keith absolutely loved it. He wants to hold this. So I was like, both good and bad. Yeah. Well, I was all good for me at that point. Um, I thought I was going to have to pack up and go home. I thought I was like, this is it for me. You know, the, once you have that label on your head of dropped and for whatever reason it is in this town, you're just, you know, you're not the new shiny penny and dropped is dropped. No one sees you in any other light unless you've had, you know, a certain amount of success and raised by a good time. The song I did put out with Columbia was crushing it. It was actually doing way better than anything else that any new artist was doing at the time. Um, but none of that mattered. Uh, and I remember getting the call that Keith was actually going to cut it. And then I found out that Dan Huff was going to produce it on him. And Dan, I'm like, like I said, I grew up on that Golden Road record. So it was like, wow, this is from the worst possible place I've ever been in my life is setting itself up possibly to be the most cool. I'm like, it's Keith. I'm like, it was just a dream. I never even thought I was going to meet him, let alone have his biggest song he's ever had. So I, um, and he called me to the studio too. He texted me, got my number from somewhere and he's, that's who he is. He's just he said, Hey, want to come and hang out at the studio and record this song? And I said, absolutely. So I got to go there and meet Dan Huff and just, I was so nervous. I didn't even say anything. I just sat back and was like, don't say anything. No stupid. fortune cookie jokes. No exactly. Fortune that's jokes. what I was yes. thinking. I was like, man, you know, Garth is, you know, he's, he's the goat, but you know, Keith to me is like the ultimate goat. Um, and uh, it was it was an amazing experience. And then you know, from all that, I got to I got to bring my mom to the Grammys. And it's did he modify the song a bunch? He did. Keith, I, I know Keith pretty well, and he has. This, I've been over to his house a bunch in his studio too, where he's like, yep. "Check this out!" <laughs> and it's just he's got eleven things happening at the same time, and yeah. I, I, it's crazy for whatever version of ADD that I have. But he changes a lot, or he moves or pivots from things quickly yeah you know that's part of his creative genius is able right. to do that how was the version that we all heard different from your version you know what i think they uh it honestly the first time i heard his version of it my heart sunk a little bit just because it was i i you call it demoitis in this town i'm like yeah. but i was so used to it having it was slower my version it had a little more swing in the pocket it was more r&b to be honest and uh and Keith and Dan, they sped it up. They made it exactly what it should have been for him and, you know, made it fit his sound. Um, you know, I've heard stories since that, you know, Keith actually didn't want it on the record for a minute and was second guessing it. I mean, I don't know if there's validity to that. I would say there is only because I know Keith and he second guesses every single record every single time. Yeah. Like it's like he's like, I love it. Oh no, I hate it. Oh no, it's great. Right. So I would imagine that's part of that process. Man, you know what? And then I've heard I heard Dan Huff was like, Keith you have to have this on your record. This is like, this is the song. And he trusted the people around him and, uh, you know, and, and the rest was kind of history, but you know, they definitely, he sped it up quite a bit. He straightened out a lot of the vocals that I did. Um, you know, he was more on the beat, you know, I live behind the beat historically. Um, you know, but I, now it's so, so funny when I, 
play and sing that song live. I actually sing it a little bit more like Keith does. Which because is, that's how people know it? Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's because if that's how people know it or that's just like the version I've heard a bajillion mm-hmm. times on the radio as well. Um, you know, but it was definitely a surreal experience. And, uh, you know, Keith is still at the very top of my list of, uh, of artists. And, uh, you know, we, we, I wrote a song with Nathan Barlow, who's in Keith's band and has been for a while. And I want to say it's been like five years and he's held this one song that, um, and not let it go. And I know that he's re- That's a kidnapping. That's not a hold. That's a it, let it go. That, uh, that is a kidnapping. Free the song or, or it has been a it. roller coaster, yeah. you know, and I've had a bunch of songs on hold with Keith and he's put his vocals on a bunch. But this was the one that he never let go. And I always check in on songs probably like every three months with Keith. I'm like, hey, man, it's like, how you feeling? But, you know, take your temperature on this song is what I call it. And, uh, you know, and he for a lot of them, he's like, you know, what? it's not quite me. And um, it sounded more like Crocodile Hunter, didn't it, just now? You know, and all that kind of <laughs> – the, the urban it's, Crocodile Hunter, it's, you know, Dundee, they I should all not do blur, that. Yeah. I don't know if he's offended. He's not. Okay, he's not. No, okay. No. Um, but, you know, he's uh, – and I just found out that he's finally finished it. After five years, I know he's went through like four different producers. He's mixed it seven different times. So he cut it now? He cut it and it's finally coming out. Have you heard it? I have. I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. because Well, don't say he, it then. He sent, me, he sent me a version a long time ago of, uh, of the progress and I thought that was incredible. But, you know, um, I've since been with Nathan Barlow and he was like, hey, you got to hear this because we're so excited. This has been like a roller coaster of is it not happening? It's happening. It's been three different records that it was supposed to be on and then it's not. And now it's finally. It's like in boat now. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. That's it's... cool. Congratulations. Thanks, man. The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is the Bobbycast. Uh, you played the Opry. When was what, did you play it for the first time? Yeah. And what year are we? 2023. Did you play it this year? Yeah, like, I played like, it this summer year. at some point. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? Because being in the town for a long time, obviously it exists and it's always a goal. But you've had success in these other areas. But you're at your heart an artist. Yeah. And so to finally get to do something that monumental on the artist side, that had to be you know, pretty substantial for you. It was emotional, man. I'm an emotional guy. I, you know, ever since I had my son too, I've just, I cried everything. So I'm like something that big for me, you know, when I first moved to town, there was like a, a few things that I knew that were made at Mark's and like everyone else it's, and that was one of them for me. And, you know, being in Nashville for like 16 years now, it's, um, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me what I can't do. Um, and that, just things that I wouldn't be able to achieve, you know, people trying to be real with me, just being like, you know what, maybe you are, maybe you are just a songwriter. Maybe you should just give up the artist thing altogether. And, um, and, you know, earlier this year, I kind of, I was in a place where I started to believe them. And that's the worst thing you can do is like, lose your own hope for yourself. Like I always say, you have to like, just hang on a, a string if you can. It's like, cause I know that this town can beat you up and people, like I said, they, they don't, they don't want you to be more than one thing. Um, you know, so I just getting the call, um, that I was going to be on the Opry was just a, a crazy moment for me. One that I almost like let uh, the belief that it was going to happen, I almost let it go. So it was like incredible. And, you know, now I can look at it and go, it was the timing of it. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I got to bring my son out there, you know, under the stage for rehearsal. And one of the backup singers grabbed him and like brought him right to the microphone and he sang like I'm a little teapot or something on the Opry stage before I did and first song I did at the Opry really yeah your son and I are exactly the same yeah it's a hit massive hit classic yep um you know but that was you know I had that memory forever you know and uh and it was just it was a surreal moment I uh yeah I mean it happened all so fast and you only get to sing a few songs but yeah it's quick and it, to me, it was blurry the first time. Second time, yeah. I loved even more than the first because it wasn't so blurry. You were more prepared, ready, and like now. I, I saw faces the second time. <laughs> yeah. The first time yeah. I didn't see, but his face, I was just like, "Oh my god, don't screw this up." That's I, where I was at. There were people. They brought cake. You had a sign. It just was so much more about the pageantry. Yeah. That I felt like I couldn't really appreciate the substance. Yeah. And the second time was freaking awesome. Second time was for you being like, "Okay, yes. I showed up." How did your first performance go? <sighs> Man, I got a standing O. You did? I did, which That's made awesome. me, ugh, get me emotional right now. Don't make me cry. Um, but yeah, it was- uh, What'd you play? I played Blue Ain't Your Color, of course, and uh, and I played um, a song called Out of Yours, which was my single. Um, I think that was the peak of the single, actually, um, is when we shifted the, a few next days over uh, to something else. But it was just like a nice way to cap off that song- um, at the Opry. Why do you think they gave you a standing ovation? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I sang the greatest, to be honest. Like you said, I was I was all in my own head and 
then my emotions were kind of taken over, like my voice. Um, I, I haven't even watched it back because I don't think I can. Um, but I think they they saw what it meant to me. I think, you know, when, um, you know, I got I got a good opportunity to talk to, talk to them in between songs and, you know, setting up Blue Ain't Your Color, I kind of let them know how long I'd been in town and what my dreams were and how this was always, um, you know, one of the biggest things on my bucket list. And um, I don't know why. I, I can't tell you why. I'm, I'm sure as hell happy they did, though, because it, it made me feel like, you know, what I always hoped it would be matched matched actually what happened. Can you remember you remember it? Pieces of it. I remember my you know, the things like basically I remember my recap video that we had made, <laughs> which is crazy. Um I remember how big I the set is um when I walked out for the first time. Do you remember I, them stand like standing up and you being like, okay, I need to sit here and take it or I because you can we can also walk off. Right. If you're like because if they're like doing a half standing out, just get the crap off stage. Because right. Because if you're gonna wait for them, they don't ever stand up. Then I'm embarrassed. Exactly. So, it's like you milked it. Yeah. So and and I'm also waving my hands like, come on, everybody, stand up, stand up. <laughs> yeah, come on. Do you remember that moment when people started to stand up? I do. And you had to make that decision: do I stay or do I walk off? Oh, uh, I um honestly, I feel like a lot of people stood up at the same time, um, and that was when I lost it. I was just like, what is life? You know, made a, like a lot of uh, a lot of shitty moments in this town make a lot of sense, you know, reminding me to just keep going, you know, no matter what it's like, cause of most of my setbacks have actually been setups and I, you don't know that until you've kind of gone through that to know I'm like, even here, like this year was a really difficult year for me and it ended up being one of the best years of my entire life. And, you know, I mean, if you give up, you'll never know what's on the other side of it. And there's just no give up in me. Your TikTok happy heavenly was, it was doing big numbers. Yep. Why do you think that song has resonated? Is this uh, the story? Is it the performance? Because it's, 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 vi- I mean, I'd say it's a viral song. You know, viral is so hard to define even now because yeah. every, Man. everything does nothing in a bunch at the same time. But I feel like that's <laughs> been a really big one for you online. It's so funny. You know, we, um, I actually only posted like two or three videos of that 30 second clips of the, of the demo. Um, just cause I wanted to see, you know, I was in a place where my, my management was just like really pushing me hard on TikTok, And that was kind of the infrastructure they had at the time was just like, you know, TikTok, TikTok, five videos a day. Five, and that's, you know, kind of ended up really burning me out. But that was a blessing through that as I, you know, I threw that song up and, you know, I wrote that song, you know, cause I lost somebody like one of my, I don't even want to, maybe not call him a father figure, but this man, his name is Ian, and he dated my mom back in high school when she went to high school, and they stayed friends ever since. And, uh, you know, when I was coming up um, in like seventh and eighth grade, I had zero confidence. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't know how to talk to girls. I didn't know how to be cool. I didn't, I didn't know what, you know, any good taste in music was. And he kind of really took me under his wing, you know, taught me how to roll joints the first time. I didn't let me smoke for a long time, but um, you know, taught me how to be cool and how to talk to, to women and how to, uh, how to stand out in a room. Um, and I lost him three years ago, suddenly, you know, and, uh, I guess the last two years, every time on his birthday, I would just be broken. You know, I'd just be like, man, I'd always call him and make it, make fun of how old he was. And, uh, and I was just tired of, I was tired of being sad. So I wanted to write something that turned a tear into a smile essentially and remember all the amazing things that we got to do together so i wrote this song really for me um with my buddy jimmy robbins i had the chorus and i brought it to him 
And I was like, dude, can you help me write these verses? I don't want to screw this up. It means a lot to me. And uh, so we wrote this song and, um, and we posted it. And then 6,000 people, you know, made their own video collage with a 30 second clip of the people that they've lost. That's where you actually saw it start to resonate was people using it right. for their own message. And it became like wow. bigger than me. It became like, I need to put this song out because not only has it like helped me tremendously, I still can't get through it live. It's impo- like, I'm going to take at least 20 more times singing it live to not cry, but it's, um, it's, it's helping people. And I'm like, man, grief is just something that no one really talks about or teaches you and you have to go through it. And it feels like you have to go through it alone, even though you'll have people around you that love you. It's still like a very personal journey. And uh, for whatever reason, I think that the song is, is helping people get through their grief, especially on that day when it's so hard to, uh, to get through. What is your distribution? Cause I saw that out here is your single now, yeah. So is that your single? I mean, it's weird to even say, where is it? You're single, but where, who's playing it the most? Yeah. What's been, because it's a strategic process too. Yeah. Because you can't really get to everybody all the time, all at once, unless you have the monster behind you. Right. So what's, what's the strategy with this song? Um. So, I mean, with out here yeah, or out here, man, you know what? I think um, at the top of the year, like I said, you know, I, I went through a whole team change. I was with Universal Canada for the last few years and uh, and with a management company that just really wasn't a good fit for me. Um, and our ideas of who I was was very different. Um, you know, what they wanted me to be and uh, and what they expected of me, you know, leaning into a lot of like the TikTok side of things, which I actually love TikTok the way I do it now. I just wasn't, you know, at the time, I wasn't really happy with the music I was putting out. So it was hard to be authentic on TikTok to sure. put a camera in your face and be Hard real. to really be you when your music's not even you, That you know? That's kind of what I was dealing with. So, you know, Out Here was a song I wrote because, you know, my wife and I, we bought a place, we bought a, a horse farm outside of Nashville, about 50 minutes in Portland. And, uh, you know, it was always something that I wanted to do, just live out in the country because I've been, I've lived everywhere you can live in Nashville for the last 16 years. And uh, so this song was really like a, a description of where I'm, I'm at. It was the most authentic you know, song I could write. I wrote it by myself because I really wanted to make sure that I believed every word I was singing and basically the lifestyle, you know? And, um, and I also grew up listening to, you know, commercial country music, like that's the radio. So I wanted it to be all of those things. And, uh, so we, we put it out with, um, with a team called Starseed and, um, and the distribution company is STEM here. Um, and, uh, you know, the management that I'm, that I'm with now and the people that I'm with now have really gotten behind me and have kind of just rebuilt me as an artist and the belief in myself. And, uh, and you know, you know the right team when you're with them and, uh, cause you start believing in yourself again and that hope starts to build. And then you start writing songs that are completely authentic, that are connecting, that don't feel strained or, uh, or confusing to, uh, to the listener. Um, and that's kind of, that's where we're going. That's, you know, I mean, I have a whole record essentially of music that is extremely authentic to where I'm at now. And we're going to be starting to put that out. The next thing we're putting out is happy heavenly. Um, oh, so you're going to do the, ver- you're going to put it out on um, forms. Yeah, that was a that's demo. Cool. So I'm literally leaving today. I'm going to go sing the vocal right after this and it's being mixed next week. So I'm really excited about that one. What's your, what's your percentage of you writing for you? Versus you writing and then seeing where it lands. Um, you know, I guess it's it's an interesting season because the last couple of years, especially this last year, I've really taken off. 
the writing hat to a certain degree and really just believing full on that, you know, in myself as an artist, I'm like, you know what, I'm not getting any younger and the music has never been better. So I think, you are know, are you still writing for you as an artist though? Does the art, when you say the hat, are you still the artist who writes mm-hmm. instead of the writer who's almost the artist? Or are you just like, I'm not really writing that much. I'm on the road grinding, doing singing things. I would love to be on the road grinding as much as I can. And, you know, being on the road with old dominion this year was definitely, uh, the first time that I've really actually been able to go out and play. I mean, I've, uh, in Canada, I have a lot of songs that we put out to radio, but I just have not had the opportunity to go and make those fans live. And I'm like, that is where I see the most conversion is when I can have this and I can sing to you and I can tell you my story and we can connect, you know, that is where I win people. That's where I see my socials go up. That is when, you know, it converts. Um, you know, so that is really the goal for me right now is just to go out and play as much as I can. And I do have a publishing deal with Jimmy Robbins. So it's, uh, it's really important for me to keep the songwriting up because I do love writing songs, even if it's not for me. So, I mean, it's just has to be more intentional now. Um, you know, in a way that I've been able to do that is, you know, I'll go on retreats for me if I'm, and I'll tell the publisher like, Hey, everything that I write on this retreat is for me as an artist. These are the only songs you can't pitch. And I'll go in those into those retreats locked and loaded with titles and ideas and know exactly what I want to do. And it's funny because those are always the songs. They're like, can we pitch those? And I'm like, man, I just can't win. <laughs> do you look back at Blue and Your Color a little bit and go, I just wish I would have held it for me a little longer? Oh, that's the question. I knew that was going to come up. Because I would. Yeah. Even with the success, I would still feel like, you know, I want it. But it's also opened a lot of doors and there is no right answer because no matter what you say, it is. It's we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. I can tell you that, you know, um, there's no saying what what would have happened. But, you know, what did happen with Keith definitely reignited the hope in me again. This town is like, and maybe not, this town isn't the way to say it, but this industry, we'll call it. Ah, you can say the town. Yeah, this town. Okay. It definitely sucked the life out of you. But, you know, you'll also get this second wind. You'll also get like a gust of wind that makes, that gives you the magic back of that, you know, 16 years ago when I moved here, that like that anything is possible. And that was that for me. I was like, not to say I was going to quit, but I had no idea what I was going to do. I was like, is this it? I've seen, we've all seen so many artists come and lose their deal and then they're gone and you never hear of them again. Or some of them, you know, become songwriters and um i think that song just gave me the hope and it put me in front of a lot of people when i needed to be put in front of a lot of people you know whether it was award shows or that song won nsai song of the year which i had no idea like that how much that actually meant until hillary said hey like steven like this this is the one in town that the, the big one you know this one's voted on it's not block voting. This is voted on by all of your favorite songwriters that this is the song they wish they wrote. And that kind of, you know, like little things, little things, huge things like that, you know, I think gave me the belief to keep moving forward and believing in myself. And there's no telling where this thing's going to end up. All I know is I'm like, I, I definitely don't have the quit in me. And I have more reasons ever now to just keep writing music and seeing where it goes. Cause I'm like, sitting here with you, man. I'm like, that's just something you, if you told me this four years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. I just, you know, but I'm like, anything is possible. And I also think I'm trying to set an example for my kid now, you know, that anything's possible. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. 
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome back to the Bobbycast. Chana, can you come over for a minute? Come on, baby. So... Your wife, who I know, I know she's your wife, but I don't know her as your wife. Does yep. that make sense? Like I know yep. her yep. and I know she's your wife, but I don't know you two together. Yeah. Sometimes I know her from working right around the, the door in the studio <laughs> yeah. in the same building. And she hosted the uh, ACM special that we did here. That's right. Um, so I'm going to ask you, how did you guys meet? We met in an interview. Um, CCMA Awards. Really? You were yeah. interviewing him? Yeah. yeah. It's on the internet for everyone to see. Wow. First encounter. Yeah. She actually had no idea who I was, which was the best part about it. So it was the CCMAs? Yeah, um, in 2018 in Hamilton, which we just actually came back from CCMAs. See, this and- is what I needed here. I need to know about this. <laughs> the T, here we go. So you're interviewing him and you're like, okay, you got a song. Okay, you're a good singer. What? Where was that click That and who followed up? Uh, it was instant. Because he was my last interview of the day. I did like 32 interviews that day. And the Sony rep was like, hey, we have Stephen Lee Olson. And I was like, sure. You're fried at this point too. Oh, yeah. My brain was done. And I just looked at my producer and was like, who is he? Give me Cole's notes. And he was like, you know, Blue Angel Color, Raised by a Good Time. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I turned around and 
I mean, I'm a I'm a hugger, but I just remember turning around and him being there and we both just instantly like smiled and he just gave me the biggest bear hug ever. And I was like, nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) And we started doing the interview. And, you know, normally when I do an interview, I'll address the camera and like I just stared at him the whole time. And we had a great it was a great interview. I I can't remember any of it. I Um, just know we were staring at each other. Yeah. Yeah. And just smiled the whole time. But afterwards. Um, we just stayed friends for like a year. We were both in different relationships and, um, we would, he would send me songs and, um, like like, DM or text. uh, It was DM for a while. And then we eventually, I think when I was single, I was like, you can message me. And then, um, when we were both single, I remember you had actually come into town to do an interview for hello country. And we went out for lunch and I think we both were like. I don't Uh-oh. know if we're friends. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the it. One. That's the interview. <laughs> wow, you're wow. good, Mike. I know, right? Look at that. Yeah. You're like children. I know. Yeah. But that's not, that's only Four five years ago, ago, right? Yeah. You still look like children. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's pandemic age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do that. We did a lot in the pandemic. We got engaged, married, pregnant, and had our son all in 2020. Yeah. So wow. we moved quick. You know when you know. Your wife's really, really good. She's really talented. I believe she's the best. Yeah, no, no, I am that, but she's second, <laughs> like a very am, second right. close. You are the goat. Yeah, she's, she is the the sheep. No, she know. she's Terrible. really, really talented. And you know, I, I guess the first time that I met you was yeah, maybe interviewed you interviewed you. me, <laughs> and she wouldn't stop staring at me the whole time. And then she started sending me I songs. Was, oh my! Yeah, but wait a your song, it was a whole weird. Okay, yeah. but um, so but you're you work down here in the states, but do you still do? Canadian iHeartRadio stuff? So I work for iHeart Canada, like syndicated across Canada right. from Nashville. But do you do like, if you go to award shows, Yeah, does that, like you're that person who services it to the whole iHeartRadio country Canada type thing? Mm-hmm. Huh. You should do, I, and I always tell people here like, she's good. You should use her here. <laughs> and they're always like, we're broke. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're not. So you're goals your aspirations for in country music or just in media like what's the goal for you i mean not to be cliche but like i've always watched you doing what you're doing and i when i got hired by it was i heart canada but we didn't have a syndicated thing i was like i want to do what he's doing and how do we do that here and i wasn't living in nashville at the time so they were like all right let's build a you know national radio brand and let's start a syndicated show which had never really been done before um, but my thing, I love radio. I just always wanted to do, I like sitting with people on camera cause I feel like radio interviews are great, but when you actually get to see communication with someone in person, there's just like something you can't quite capture on air on radio, um, like you can in person. So I always was like, one day I want to have a show on television somewhere where like, you know, what I do on the radio will be there. So... What is your show every day? It's that's a four hour midday show. Um, that do you have the rules? We have to play so, just so much Canadian music. Yes, because well, our countdowns on a bunch of Canadian places, and there's stuff I have to remove. Like Happy Fourth of July. Yeah, apparently you don't have that because no. <laughs> they didn't set America yeah. free. Yeah. Um, and are you doing anything in the states like that's not Canadian at all yet? 
Uh, no. Okay. Well, we with gotta, you. We like, have to change. Yeah, yeah, we have to change that. Yeah. That, that's about it. Yeah. This. Um. I forgot your husband's even here. Um, I'm sorry. Me too. I'm. I'm loving this. Well, this is why I did want you to come. But this is what's great because I like him better because of you. Because we worked together a little bit, and because I, I, I think we may have met once. Did we play like a weird songwriters thing a long time ago together? Maybe. I think I did like some comedy stuff when I first moved to town, and they were like, "Play." Because I, the reason I say that is, Stephen, I have a somewhere I have one of those hatch prints with both of our names on it. Oh, really? From like a St. Jude songwriters thing that we oh, both maybe. did. But maybe we even played separately. Like it you know how they do Saint like Jude's. the Junior Varsity where it's me, Junior Varsity, then the real guys come on and it's you. <laughs> could have even been that man I, I know i was uh i was so scared to talk to you for the longest time would you be scared to talk to me well because you know i'm like you're kind of a big deal yeah, in this huge. town buddy I'm, I'm, wild, I'm like you wildly know, and now you know now being a little more seasoned and just very comfortable with who i am and just you know not trying to be anything other than that it's way easier to talk to people try not to just when you know who you are yeah and you're warm i i think that's um kind of the only way i can move forward you know and and in this industry is being authentically myself and being the non-hunting crier that I am, you know, I'm like, even coming down to like, my brother manages me now. I'm like, it's, I need to be able to surround myself with people that, that have the same best interest for me. And it really is heart. And when the chips are down, when, you know, when the world goes to shit, it's like your people are still your people, no matter what. Hey, brother, we come over here. Come on, buddy. <laughs> out, just, I don't know no, if we no, got no, here. Good. I'm having sit by me. <laughs> no, no, sit by me right here. It's right here, right here. Got the whole freaking family down here. I know, That's right? What I like. This is the Olsen family band you're talking. Yeah. About. My yes. mom's gonna be so bummed she didn't come to this. So, older or younger? Older. Um, can't tell. There are huge lights everywhere, so I can't really see how uh, young and radiant your skin is, or not. Either way, <laughs> so I don't know. And uh, what was what was he like as a little brother? You know, I think it. It's a typical little brother. Like we loved each other. We had a really great childhood, but we uh, we'd had our spats. I mean, he still can't take me for sure. <laughs> can or can't? Can't. Oh, can't. I bet on him. Ten <laughs> out of ten for sure. That's what ten he out thought. Yeah. A bunch okay. of times. That's true. Up. Hey, I'll give it no, to him. No, but no. It. I mean, we were always close, and um, you know, I went corporate America route. Actually, I, I worked in Ten uh, Ten Publishing and uh, and Grand and Gee Building on Music Row. Um, so you stayed in music too. 2009, I was working and uh, I couldn't get my um, visa. So I ended up moving back to Canada and I ended up getting sucked into uh, corporate world. And I kind of just watched his career from the sidelines since uh, since 2012. Do you guys call corporate Canada, corporate America? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know corporate what? Canada. I know you, twice. That's a good. That's a good point. You know, like they went into corporate America, and I was like, "You ain't in that in America." <laughs> Not corporate North America. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're here now, and what what is your goal for your brother at this point? My my goal is to help him achieve his goals, whatever that is. You know, I've I'm in a position in my life where I was able to do things out of love instead of money. And, um, you know, I don't love anything more than Steven and I've watched his whole career and to be a part of it. Are you saying you made a lot of money and you're rich now? No, no. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if so, that's great. Your I am too. Much bigger. Your I house mean, is same, much bigger. Your house is much bigger, Bobby. No, I wouldn't say that, but I'm in a position I can, I, I mean, I still need some money, but I, I don't have to do things for money anymore. It's, um. Kinky. I was like, I what, are you doing? what were you doing, buddy? <laughs> How deep do you want to go here? No, not that deep. <laughs> so. And, and the, your brother's managing you. Yeah. You know, and as important as he is as your brother, there's got to be a line. You know what? We um, we actually get along insanely well. 
there's no one I respect more, love more. I'm like, we have the exact same interests. And the reality is there's nobody else that I think I could move forward in this industry with managing me, you know, because I've, I've been through every management you can think of, like the massive managers. I've been through smaller management and then massive again, thinking that they were, you know, going to change my world completely. And the, all of them had this really common word that they used, family. It's like, we're a big family. You know what I mean? Like, we're here to the end and, you know, and it's, they're the first people to jump when the, when the chips are down. That's what I noticed. And I was just at a place where I was like, I, I don't think I can be broken because I'm naive. I believe everybody. I'm like, I just believe that. Are you naive or are you optimistic? I, maybe there's Fine a line, line in between. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I want to believe that people have as good as intentions as they say they do and mean it when they say they mean it. And um, this is this for me, anyways. It hasn't been a sprint; it's a marathon, you know. And uh, it's easy to forget that, especially when the people you work with are—they're um, trying to build something very quickly. And it's like, oh, not the overnight, because that's impossible for me at this point. But you know, to try and get like that big, huge thing that happens—that just you know, everything takes off from there. Whether it's TikTok or whether it's a you know a show or whatever it is. It's always like get rich quick mentality. And uh, and I just I'm, – I'm not built for that. I'm like I'm willing to do all the work. I'm willing to continue to make the art and go out and grind it. My favorite part is meeting the fans. Like there's no one that will stay longer. I'm like you're very similar in that way. I'm like you actually love your fans and you give it to them. Um, you know, but I, I was just in a place where I'm like I need to – if I'm going to continue to do this, I'm going to shoot from the heart, be as authentic as I can – write the music that's authentic to me and have a team that I literally want to win with. I'm like that, you know, when the chips are down, they're there, but when we win, it's that much sweeter, you know, and mm. how much cooler could it be than winning with your bro? Okay. Let's end on this. We've done, we went over way over an hour. So out of fairness, I'm going to ask you both of these questions because I just don't want the cliche answer, but give me the, the best trait about your brother, not as a brother, but working with him as an artist and as a peer, like contemporary. You know, I would say the there's two things uh, that I believe in. His heart is the number one thing. He does the right thing. Um, and when he's authentic to himself, when he gets that out to people, he wins every single time. Uh, and the second thing is his talent's insane. The music and what I've watched him do for, shoot, I mean, 16 years. I mean, I've been there the whole time. I've heard every song. It is insane like how talented he is. And and when it gets out there, I have full belief he'll reach every single goal that he ever sets for himself. And it's just a matter of time. And he's willing to put in the work and the time. And so am I. So those are the things. Let's be fair. Also, what's the hardest thing? What's the worst thing about him as uh, prof professionally speaking? Um, I would say so. He's He's been doing it for a lot longer than me. I went to school for it and I've had a big gap in between. So he's way smarter than you knows everything. <laughs> I think he's going Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt that. I felt yeah. that. Good now, answer, buddy. Okay, Shannon. Husband wise, same same thing. Be best and hardest. Worst. Best first. Best. I mean, like, not a lot of people really know who he is. I know him because I get to live with him every day. But most people, because I came up on the other side of the industry. So. I saw the version of him that everybody else saw and a lot of teams in the past had him kind of hold back his heart, his emotions, who he was. And I've always been like, he's always, you know, in socials, he's like, I don't want to let people see that side of me. 
like, well, that's the side that I fell in love with that I get to see. So that to me, now that he's letting more people in on that, you just kind of see where everyone's going. Like, man, like you said, he's so warm and his heart is so big. So there's nobody that believes in like his art more than him. So when he starts to really put that out, I think it's going to be great. Um, don't now for the hard stuff. Here we don't go. Hold back on this one. Give him the real, real. <laughs> on my permission, like husband, husband. Yeah. Heart. What's the worst? What's the worst thing? I think it's it's the other side of that. Is like you're, he's his own worst critic, um, and sometimes I have to be there to remind him. You know, like something being perfect. It's actually better if it's not. Like let people see you know, your performance where you break down and cry when you're performing something, he's like, yeah, but it doesn't sound as good. I'm like, yeah, but that means you're real. You're like a real human that's feeling things and stuff like that. I, so, get for you. I need that for my wife because I go crazy and she has to really sometimes slap me back into some sort of normalcy because I won't accept it from anybody else. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't, but she's the only person that I will even let have the option of correcting something. Sure. And sometimes she doesn't give me the option anymore. So she just. <laughs> That's like me. I'm yeah. marriage. Know. But at that, yeah. I have his socials. So I just. If you just I, log I'm in just and do like, it. Yeah. Post. <laughs> log in. Hey. Yeah. Well, Mr. Stephen Mark Olson. I love that. Um, on Instagram, you guys, Stephen Lee Olson, TikTok. Your TikTok, again, it's been doing great. Like it really is. Yeah. Congratulations for Thanks, just like man. making it like your piece of pizza. That's right. Yeah. yeah kind of not looking left or looking right. Yeah. I'm no, like, it's uh, really. And you can tell that too. So you guys follow my TikTok, Stephen Lee Olson Music. Good luck. Thanks, I think brother. this is the start, the earliest start of this version, this season, which is super cool. I love that, man. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks to the family. We've never done the full Partridge Let's family. Let's go. It's the first time ever, right, Mike? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. We're going to need bigger couches. Mike's laying across all of us now. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Thanks for listening to a BobbyCast production. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.